Hello, I'm Isabel Markham with Private Equity International. In 2018, the Riverside Company celebrated 30 years in the private equity industry. From its very first deal in April of 1989 to more than $6 billion of assets under management today, Riverside has become a global force in the lower mid-market. Since its founding, Riverside has invested in more than 560 transactions and today employs around 250 people worldwide. A few months back, we sat down with co-founder Bela Sigethy to talk about how the firm has changed in the last 30 years. Given the timing of our discussion around the 10-year anniversary of the start of the global financial crisis, it is perhaps unsurprising that's where our conversation immediately turned. We really didn't feel very different when Lehman went down. Uh, it, it, we were still able to borrow money from banks for our little deals. Our portfolio continued to do pretty well in 2008. And uh, there, there were times when we would look at each other and go, I guess there's a recession, but we don't feel it. Then uh, from 2009 through 2013, many of our portfolio companies suffered. So 09 was very difficult. 10 was a bit of a recovery. Um, but then 11 was kind of hard again. And in Europe, there was really a double dip, right? 2010 was very rough and 2013 was very rough. So it wasn't until 2014 that we started feeling better about the portfolio's performance. And uh, the, por the portfolio was severely impacted. For lower mid-market firms such as Riverside, at any given time, around 20 to 25% of the portfolio is encountering challenges. But during the period from 2009 to 2013, 40% of Riverside's companies were, and at some points even as many as half. During that period, the firm changed its structure to make operating partners an instrumental and regular part of its day-to-day -day activities. The effects have lingered. Today, Riverside, and of course much of private equity, employs or retains operating executives at virtually all of their portfolio companies. And that simply wasn't the case prior to 2008 and the aftermath. There's nothing like a, a good recession to shake you up and make you realize uh, what you weren't doing and what you could be doing to maximize the portfolio's performance. Um, so in a way, it was a blessing. It was a, it was a difficult blessing. And it, it was one that uh, caused our returns to go down. But it's made us a better firm today, and the private equity industry is much better today as a result, too. The financial crisis affected the types of businesses Riverside looks to back. Previously, market niche leadership was a primary criterion. After the crash, Riverside viewed every company through the lens of performance from 2009 to 2012. This meant cyclical companies fell out of favour, and the firm had to turn to a new formula. For us, that formula was looking at growth finding companies that were growing regardless of the, the economy. And that turned us from investors who were happy to buy a company at five or six times EBITDA, even if it was growing at 1% or 5% a year, to investors that were a lot happier paying 10x or more uh, of EBITDA, but for companies that were growing at 15% or 20% or more. And that change has stayed with us, and it's changed us for the better, and it's changed us uh, permanently. There were several unsettling moments for private equity in 2018, including both studies and proclamations that the industry may not really be providing institutions the level of returns they need compared to the fees and expenses the asset class incurs. 
Does Baylor feel any momentum gathering behind cynicism of the industry? No, don't feel it at all. And uh, our investors certainly uh, don't seem to feel that way because they keep putting more money into private equity and uh, they keep giving us their money. And why do they do that? They do that simply because when they do the analysis, uh, after fees and expenses, it's still a superior return relative to what else they can get. I mean, look at hedge fund returns over the past uh, seven to eight years. They've been abysmal. Um, look at stock market returns. They've been very good, but still, private equity has been better. So I think the, the cynics and the skeptics would love to see, for some reason, these um, uh, private equity guys fail <laughs> and perhaps generate lower returns, but that's not the case. Uh, we're actually generating um, great returns, and that's why the industry continues to attract capital. I guarantee you that the capital would not be coming in, in, in the direction of private equity if the, the concerns being expressed about uh, the cost being too high were, were legitimate. That's not to say Riverside has no concerns. One thing that particularly worries Baylor and his colleagues is valuations, which have been high by historical standards for a good number of years. We've been expecting prices multiples to come down for quite a while now and have been worried uh, sick over that possibility and, and getting ready for it year after year after year. And it hasn't happened. However, with interest rates now in the U.S. finally creeping up, the Treasury's uh, you know, creeping up into the high twos or even three on the 10-year note, it, it's, it seems like there's an alternative for investors to put their money where they might actually make a tiny bit of income after inflation and taxes. And as that happens, um, I think you'll see some normalization in, in prices. And so that's a concern because you're buying at a higher level. And then if you sell it at a lower level, uh, it could impact your returns. Another concern is protectionism. With around 80% of Riverside's investments in the U.S., escalating trade tensions are taking a toll. The tariffs that have been applied so far are already affecting some of our um, purchase prices. And uh, those companies that are affected are actively thinking about what to do about it. And if tariffs are applied to an even larger number of uh, imports, it will affect the, our portfolio company and it, it will affect the economy for sure. With 30 years of growth under its belt, Riverside has no plans to slow down. Baylor predicts the firm should be able to grow its activities by its historical growth rate of around 15% per annum over the next 10 years. I can see assets under management growing uh, upwards of 10 billion dollars within the next five to seven years. To expand its AUM, the firm will continue to expand its LP base. Today, a big new pool of capital is opening up to the firm in the form of individual investors, which are likely to form a substantial part of the firm's capital in the next 10 years. Family offices have always been fairly active, but it was usually the largest family offices. And now you can see uh, smaller family offices and individual investors. Um, you can see um, some financial institutions pooling capital into feeder funds. So I, I think that individual investors will become probably uh, about a third of our capital over the coming years, which for Riverside would be up from 5% uh, 10 years ago. While individual investors are likely to play an increasingly important role in the firm's investor base, it's unlikely that Riverside will be looking to open up the shareholder base of the firm itself anytime soon. We um, have never thought about listing Riverside, uh, and we rarely think about listing any of our portfolio companies. 
and that's because um, a we're too small so a public listing needs uh, a certain uh, size uh, and B I've never really bought into the concept that it makes sense for a private equity firm to have public owners the the, the short term focus of public equity investing doesn't really fit with the long-term focus of private equity investing so um, it doesn't it doesn't really appeal to me personally even if it were an option for us but it's not we're, we're too small for private equity international i'm isabel markham